Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Guys, today I've got a rock star on the show for you. We have tried to set this interview up a couple of times and uh, it's fallen through and I'm very pleased to say that he's here with me today. Um, man, I try to do a special introduction for all of my guests and the only thing I can come up for, for today's guest, man, is he's like the Clark Kent of insurance sales. This man has single-handedly gone from getting changed in a phone booth and he has turned himself into the super Superman of the insurance industry in Texas, and I'm extremely happy to be chatting with him today. So, guys, please welcome to the show, Brian McKittrick. Brian, welcome. Hello. Good afternoon. Yeah, this is uh, the podcast that almost never was. <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one, but yet here we are. Dude, I'm so impressed with you, and you are to me like just like Clark Kent. I mean, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people are going to hear this and not see it, but for those of you that yeah. aren't watching, um, you know, Brian is, is the very mild-mannered, you know, quintessential newspaper reporter, insurance sales guy, but you've come like out. Yeah. Dude, you've come out and just, you've blown the doors off this thing in the last couple of years. And I really want to dig into that with you and how you've managed to yeah. build such a successful um, insurance business. But before we do that, let's start a little bit further back, maybe not all the okay. way at the beginning, but just tell us a little bit about you and uh, where you come from and how you got where you're at, man. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, so my name is Brian McKittrick. I'm the founder and sales director for insurance of Texas, uh, .net. We are a, uh, with the name for you, we're nationally licensed insurance brokerage uh, based in Texas. Um, I got in the insurance, actually it was first licensed in 05, but um, my career started as uh, sales, retail sales. Um, it's kind of funny to say this, at 1999, so I've been over 20 years in wow. sales. Yeah, so retail sales, retail management, did a year in cars. Sounds like I did a year in jail. Uh, spent a year in cars. <laughs> it's kind of like purgatory. I think, I think we've all sold cars at some yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, retail management, and then um, at the end, the fall of 2015 is when I went full-time into insurance. Even though I had my license in 2005, I did it part-time, but I went full-on into insurance in 2015. Um, started as an agent, uh, did, you know, earned a, uh, set up and earning a six-figure salary in my first year, uh, got into management uh, with re leading teams uh, just shortly after, and then uh, did my own office, Insurance of Texas. We opened March first of 2020 which is uh i think like the next the week after i opened my office is when the nhl and the nba <laughs> shut down but um i think we've we all do a 2020 story don't we yeah yeah it's funny but we do uh we do you know brokerage sales i've got a, um, a small group that we uh we have our own thing that we kind of do there licensed nationally primarily health uh, we do life medicare nationwide we also have property casualty uh, and we have an insurance licensing school, so we help others get their insurance license, uh, both Texas. Um, we actually have a national footprint there. We're training um, in a Nebraska group today. Wow. Um, yeah. And you've the, done, so you've done all of that in like six years, dude. So uh, actually being an agent, and so I was with a firm, a great, you know, great group of guys out of Fort Worth, Texas. Um, I'm based in Arlington. Mm -hmm. uh, but in Fort Worth, uh, working with a team, and uh, that's when I took over uh, a group with them, started doing training there. So we, that's where I first started doing the training that goes along with insurance. Um, 
but uh, we did our own office, like I said, March of 2020. And one year to the day, uh, we were able to grow into an office six times the size of what we started. Dude, that's um, incredible. Yeah. And I, the, I'd the, love to get into you, into that okay. with you mm-hmm. um, here in just a little bit. Were you sure. always interested in insurance sales or was it just something you kind of fell into there along uh, the way? You know, maybe my son might be this way, but I don't think any kid grows up thinking they want to be an insurance salesman. <laughs> <laughs> my son might. Now he sees me. He's like, oh, I want to do the family business. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no doubt. <laughs> um, but it was an opportunity that came up in 2015 in the Medicare space. I'm sorry, 2005. Sorry. In the Medicare space, I was mm-hmm. actually waiting for a position to start at one retail. I left one retailer, went, it's going to take another position, but I had to wait for it to start. And that was the year that Medicare came out with the drug plan and the Medicare Advantage plan. Okay. So I got my license, started selling a little bit, but I always had an affinity um, to, I always had an affinity to be, um, you know, I, I liked, I liked the retail space and that worked really well for a while. Um, it just, after, after a while, it just got, um, you know, I got tired of being told no, I always had that entrepreneurial bug. Uh, so I always push the envelope in retail, but I always run into, you know, no, you can't do that. Corporate says no district manager says no. So when, yeah. There we go. Sorry. There we are. Little audio issue. Hold on. It's at. Edit at 5.30. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm making a note for my team. Sorry. And we'll go back to. Um, that was my fault. I was looking through my notes and I nudged the mute button on my microphone. So I apologize. Okay. Um, edit at 5.30. All right. <clears throat> So there's always that corporate kind of claw that holds back guys like us. So I I see the need to make a transition there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I was being recruited. I relicensed in Texas. Um, So I've been primarily a lifelong Texan. I did spend about three or four years in Oklahoma and then um, in Alabama. When I moved back to Texas, I relicensed. And that's why I started getting recruiting calls, that kind of thing. So I put it off for a little while. And then finally, one day I had it with the retail uh, mm-hmm. space and uh, I did an interview with this uh, this firm in Fort Worth and got a real good vibe and went right in and, and hit it. The cool thing about sales, what I really enjoy is if you can sell a car, you can sell, you have the same skills to sell insurance. You can sell a TV, you can sell, you know, microwave, appliance, whatever it is, business to business. This The functionality of sales is still there. So... Um, I've always enjoyed that. So I didn't really skip a beat going from, okay, let me sell at a left office max to go before insurance. I was mm-hmm. at the biggest office max in Dallas, Fort Worth and went into insurance and those skills translate over. Right. You know, right. Sales is sales. Leadership is leadership. Management's management. Those same skills translate over. So it didn't really skip a beat for me. I went right into it. Um, and I really fell in love with the fact of, you know, I'm a business owner. Um, but even still that one office, I was underneath their platform, which is a strong platform. It's just, I also felt like, you know what, I'm still being told no. Yeah. Cause they limit oh. what you can sell. Don't they? A lot of insurance uh, agencies. Uh, yeah, they, they, a lot of pieces have a focus, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to have that limitation. Uh, but also, you know, I just really wanted to do my own thing. I really enjoy showing up to my office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my, it's my mess. It's my stuff on the board. It's, you know, so I really enjoy that part of it. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly why, um, and I don't talk about real estate a whole lot, but I bought my license with uh, a company called EXP because they leave me alone. Um, provided yeah. I stay legal and ethical, you know, my license has to go somewhere. But I think for, for entrepreneur-minded people, having the ability to um, just set themselves up, have their own shop, have their own rules, and, and have no master, um, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So how was starting out for you? You run into any, uh, any speed bumps? Was it a relatively smooth transition? Uh, I, I think the key to um, doing anything new is just to kind of listen. You know, the people that mm -hmm. are there, you know, they're, they're the sales manager for a reason. They're the division manager for a reason. Uh, so I literally had no preconceived. I didn't come in like, oh, I've done this and this and this. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, I, I walked in and then my, the, the sales manager goes, okay, this is, see this, we, we pulled up our CRM. He says, says this list of people here? I'm like, yeah. He said, they inquired about insurance. I said, okay. He says, well, I need you to call them back and see if they're ready to buy insurance. Okay. It's just that simple. <laughs> Call the names of the list I'm kind and of see speechless. if they're ready to buy insurance. I'm kind of yeah. speechless because um, that's that's not the best way to do that, I don't think. <laughs> but anyway. Well, that, well, yeah, we had a um, at that particular year we had a program with a carrier and they were carrier mm -hmm. calls into the carrier. So all we were doing yeah. is calling back and saying, "Hey, you called us. How can I help you?" So, um, but it worked. I didn't, you know, do anything special. They had a booth at a Walmart. I sat in the Walmart and I wrote policies. So I did a, um, even though I walked into, that was health insurance and health insurance has the open enrollment period mm -hmm. which yeah. is about 90 days long. I walked into half of that. I walked in on Black Friday is when I started on my birthday, November 23rd of 2015 on Black Friday and got to work. And uh, even though I had missed the first half of open enrollment, I still, still did a million dollars in premium, wow. which people ask me, is that a lot? It, the average plan is five thousand mm -hmm. so dollars. That's hustling, plan. yeah. That, to hit yeah. that, that's uh, yeah. That that's really moving. So, it, it, but I, I kept it simple. It was just a matter of these people called us. You call them back and see if you can help them. Okay. I sat in the Walmart and help people. It's amazing what happens when you call <laughs> the leads, right? I'm sure we know somebody yeah, you, that says that. Exactly. Call the leads, but I, you know the key there is this guy. You just you keep it simple. He told me what to do, what would work. I just did what would work, and I kept learning more things from people that are more experienced than me mm -hmm. of what would work. And sure enough, it worked for me. That's why we write uh, operating procedures for everything. <laughs> you know, yeah, you figure exactly. out what works, you stick to it, you keep on rolling through. Um, exactly. Man, so you've jumped out of retail. You're into insurance, uh -huh. and then. You know, a couple of years in, you discover this program called Apex, and I want to touch on Apex because you're you're now okay. almost one of the poster childs for the program, uh, from coming through it to the level you're at right now and the amount of work you're doing, and you've okay. six times your business in the last year. Um, so I do want to dig into that a little bit and how that happened. But tell us what joining Apex was like for you and what it felt like the first time you walked into the room with uh, all those other entrepreneurs. Okay. So um, I, so Apex is, it was created by Ryan Stuman. Um, I came across him, actually one of my sales guys in the summer of 19 that says, hey, this is a book about how to market in social media. It's a free book with free plus shipping. We know that that's a marketing ploy. We know what that. that means. Yeah, we know yeah. that, but you didn't yeah. at the time, right? <laughs> no, it's like, oh, free book. Okay, I paid $9 <laughs> for shipping. Same price mm -hmm. on Amazon, whatever. Um, so I started reading it and once again, it's simple stuff. I started putting those tools. I said, okay, this is cool. And then, so that was in the summer of 19. In the fall of 19, uh, there was a Black Friday promo for the funnel website uh, software phone sites. Mm -hmm. So got phone sites and started playing around with that. 
got uh, another course called Closer Memes, which is the fun follow-up yeah. course that Druby does. So, um, and I was in the the Sales Talk with Sales Pro Facebook group, which is supports that stuff, and kept seeing all these different things: Apex here, Apex there. You know, every now and then they talk about a program, uh, and I sent a message to Druby. I said, "Hey, what is?" Druby Wilson's the VP of Sales there. I said, "What is?" What is Apex? I see all these different things about it. He says, let's schedule a phone call. So uh, we scheduled a phone call, but Drewby couldn't make it. So he goes, hey, I'm sorry, uh, I can't make it, but we're going to keep your appointment. Someone else is going to call you. A few moments later, uh, Ryan himself sent me a message, said, hey, I'm going to take over for Drewby. I'll be able to call you at whatever time. So we had a great conversation. Um, and that conversation was not anything to do with money. It had everything to do with where I was as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. He says, Tell me, and I had already been yearning to do something outside of just hammering the phones all day long. Yeah. And insurance there, you know, is a quantitative uh, measure or a barometer, if you will, of, okay, if I make this many phone calls, I'll have this many presentations, I'll have this many sales, this is the money I can make. Yep. I can map that out. The downside is it's a lot of work. Yes, I mean, completely agree. Hundred, hundreds of calls uh, a week, a lot of times insurance agents will make, you know, so... I was like, it's got to be an easier way. This is the, you know, the year 2019. We're in the 21st century. Why is there not something else to do? So mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to find out. And um, I'd already got a GoDaddy website for myself. But, I you know, talking to Ryan, he's like, you know, what do you know about this stuff? I said, I told him what I knew, which was almost nothing. Right. I had about 200 Facebook friends. like, But they're literally like friend friends. Yeah. People I grew up with, people I worked with, you know, wives of people, mm -hmm. girlfriends, boyfriends of people. That was it. I thought Facebook was, you know, we're sharing pictures of our dogs and babies and stuff. So um, I didn't even have, I had a LinkedIn profile, but didn't even have a picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had Twitter to follow like banned stuff. It, is, it sounds like all of us. I mean, you know, we've yeah. all got like a really similar story. I didn't have that many Facebook friends either. And, you know, now I got yeah. so many, I don't know who the, who the hell they are, you know, and I'm sure you're well, the same. So, well, I, 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 in the program, so you see, he's like, okay, cool. Well, you need to start at the base because yeah. you just don't know this stuff. You need to build it up. So uh, we use a term called build your machine. So it's literally building a foundation and, and stacking on like a pyramid or adding more pieces to the car that would be your marketing machine. So uh, learning those skills and now crafting it, um, I was able to get in and got, but I, I, I thought to myself, you know what? This is an opportunity uh that i missed out on when i was younger it's like mm -hmm. i was really um when i was thinking of sometimes selling cars or maybe my first management position uh in retail is when i came across like stephen covey um right. john maxwell especially and i really really enjoyed zig ziglar but i lived out of state and i never saw him and he ended up passing away before i moved back here so i always lamented not being in those programs right, so when i got right. in apex i was like you know what i'm really gonna take hold of this uh ryan had gone through one of his courses ryan's uh in with keith craft who had gone yep. been like the last 12 to 13 years of zig's life they had been involved so i was like you know what Th this resonates to me i kind of see ryan in that regard so i was like, i'm going to take this and really get onto it so um i got in and the idea was i get in and and make sure and come in so i meet the definition of being an entrepreneur and self-employ that kind of stuff. So we started working way up. So I was in the apex group and then went to the entrepreneur group after a few months. Mm -hmm. 
and then the executive group after a few months. And then as of about two weeks ago, I'm now an executive coach. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations. So, well done. Yeah, thank you. So, so now you, co you coach the little guys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've got two so far. I've got two so far. But you know, hopefully that, that grows up. It's amazing to see it you know, blossom so much and the goals are incredible. But um, to me, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna be around this special group. I'm really gonna take hold and do what the program is intended for. So, um, but the key there is I just, I, once again, I kept it simple and I just did what was in the thing. Yeah, but the program is- So many I, people, they wanna come in and they wanna read about it and they wanna write down uh, their notes and they just wanna go home. And, you know, they're trying to learn yeah. how to be successful. And I think you've, you've gotta do the work and you're just the example of the guy that just showed up day after day and put the work in. Yeah, I, I make a joke. Uh, so the head of coaches is a guy named Chris Whitehead. Um, and I make a joke with him that you remember the movie Forrest Gump. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it, what's funny about Forrest Gump movie is like you know, the whole theme was uh, stupid is a stupid does. Well, he didn't really do anything dumb. I like, occasionally would do something, you know, and they show his butt to, Lin, to Lyndon B. Johnson or something like that. But <laughs> other, th other than that, uh, he just did, but he did what his mentors told him to do. Yeah. If you really look at that movie and go, well, he just did what his mom told him. He did what Bubba told him. He did what his, the drill sergeant scene where he says, how in the world did you take apart that gun so fast? He just goes, because you told me to. Right, right. So <laughs> if, we, if we just take our ego out of it and say, okay, hold on. This guy's more successful than I am at this thing. Let me just do what he does for, you know, let me just do what he tells me to do. See how it works for me. And then I'll put my own spin on it. I think too early in the game, people go, well, uh, my industry's different and I need to do this instead of that. And those are the guys who usually don't make it. Yeah, because, you know, industries are different. Yeah, but I tend to find that the 10% that's different across industries, 90% of everything's the same. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's 90% the same skill sets over and over and over, repeated daily. And that's that's kind of what we uh, we focus on. So um, now you're... Your business is, is huge uh, compared to where it was. Talk us through a little bit about the expansion and how you managed to uh, expand so quickly and more importantly, stably as well. So um, I, I think one of the things that holds people back in a lot of ways is, uh, is fear, is to look at, well, I'm already doing this. I don't want to rock the boat. And Definitely. I'm scared. To, yeah, I'm scared to do this. So... Um, I see it a little different way. So I see it as you progress and you level up. If you think about that, uh, you remember playing video games and you, you, you beat one level and mm -hmm. then you go into the next one. So my son, he's eight and we, he's, we just introduced him to Nintendo, right? The old <laughs> games. Yeah. So yeah, we're playing yeah, yeah. Super Mario Brothers. You beat level whatever and then you go to the next one. Well, if you try and you fail, you go back to that level you just beat. Correct, yeah. The same, yeah, the same thing happens in business, I think. So you you're at this one level and you did this one thing well now you know the skills to be at that level yes so if you make the attempt make stretch out and go into the next level even if you're unsuccessful you've already been successful at the previous one so mm -hmm. your floor is now has been raised yes so i left retail into a full commission environment but i knew that six months in maybe a year in if it was not working I can go back mm -hmm. to being a successful store manager. When I when I took over a team, I had already built up a six-figure earning as an agent. I know what it takes to be a six-figure earning as an agent. So the team doesn't work, I can still do that. 
So I step out on my own office. I still know what it takes to go back to yep. an office and be an entrepreneur within a team environment and still make a certain level of money. So by branching out as we step up, now you want to solidify that, make sure that's working. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that car has got to be running before you add something to it. Um, but you can't be scared to add the one more thing just because you, you, you might change up a little something about what you're currently doing. Correct. Yeah, I completely so, agree. Yeah, there's plenty of people, there's people that get in their industry, nothing, nothing wrong with this. Uh, they get into the industry and they do the same thing for 20 years. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to be, that's what you want to do. Um, I have a friend, he's been doing Medicare successfully for the last 10 years. He makes somewhere between 80 to 100,000, depending, and he wants to sell 100 people a year and he stacks onto his clientele base. That's great if that's your interest, but if you have, if you have an interest to scale in a massive way, then you can't be scared to uh, to branch out and try those things. Well, in my experience, you know, even if it goes wrong, which for me it has several times, that's how I got so good at what I'm doing. Um, but when it goes wrong, you're never starting from scratch. You're always starting from experience. You start from whatever you, the baseline was that you drew before you leapt off. So, um, exactly. yeah. So talking of failures. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Have have you ever have you ever failed? What, what would you consider your biggest failure as an entrepreneur? Or have we bypassed all that? Are you, are you the are you the lucky one that learns um, from the rest of us? I, I have a tendency to be uh, pretty methodical, mm-hmm. um, so I I don't just jump into something. Right. Um, however, that doesn't mean you know I'm not had disappointments or that kind of thing. When I was um, doing the took over a team within an office, the, the one downside, and I realized this after a couple of years was I, I was leveling up people. Mm-hmm. And as I add a person, I was adding costs. So what I essentially was doing was this parallel line of additional revenue with additional cost, and my baseline did not change. So that to me was like, all right, had I, I, I wish I would have had my own office the year after I kind of understood and got the stuff ready. So when I took over a team, I would have had that been my own office at that point. That right. was, yeah, that was a disappointment to go two years. Um, no, almost three years, sorry, three years. So through doing for three years, build a team, but all I was doing was doing the same work over and over and over and over again. Now you gain experience and I, I, I did, add something that came from that but um that was a drawback for me it really was um, I, I can understand how much how frustrating it must be to see your revenues rise and see your expenses just keep track and keep pace with those revenues and, and, and rise with them how do you avoid that what's what's how have you managed to move past that yes. let's, let's share a little about that because that so, that sounds incredibly frustrating yeah so i think the key now is um is if you're looking at scale, is to make sure it's an exponential scale. So what I did not realize then was I was it was one and one. It mm-hmm. was one plus one. I would add this much, but cost me this much to do it. So all I was doing was adding an equal amount, one to one. What I now look at within the insurance industry is how can I put money in and then exponentially get money out? Yes. So for instance, uh, right now, one of the things I'm working on is a lead program. I, I'm trying to make sure that whatever I do stays also in the insurance lane. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened last year when the whole the, all the COVID stuff. Now, I didn't have any customer loss. 
only lost one guy globally, negative one person. And that was a guy who started a new company. And of course it had to fold. Right. Um, that was really the only global person that I lost. However, I did distract myself a little bit in that uh, I tried to add a piece of the business that was closely related, but not not 100%. So from there, I'm, I know that everything I do, I wanted to be a bolt on to insurance. So um, I get insurance sales, we have insurance training. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in regards to one thing I'm looking at now, I just had the call or about two hours ago, uh, is in the marketing space to build insurance lead platforms. So that's my next really scale out. I've already got something that we've, we've started, uh, but to make it scale, you know, format it correctly, that's my next project. But that's all stays in the insurance lane. Right. right. Once that's once that's ready, it's like, okay, boom, here's the format. Here's what works. Money in. Now I can go, boom, your money out. So if I can generate a lead for, let's say, you know, three to five dollars, I can go sell that same lead for ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes scale. Uh, so I'm, I want to make sure that every, everything you know, from here on out, I'm not just going, okay, I spent this much money and I get the same money back. Right. No, that, that, that makes perfect sense. Man, that makes, that makes perfect sense. So dude, I have to ask, um, you know, you've got all this stuff going on now. What does success look like for you? Um, I'll be considered, I'll consider myself, you know, having made it when, um, that I can step out and go, okay, I don't have to rely on myself working on the pieces. So, you know, the training stuff I've got, you know, work, have someone to work on that. Yes. Building a team. I've got to make, you know, a person for that lead program. I've got a person for that. That's what, that's the idea there is. So you have this, um, you now own a business, whereas the business owns you when you're self-employed. Yeah. The ability to step away for a month is, uh, I think that's something where we're all, uh, we're all working towards. Um, what would you say, man, that, uh, what would you say the biggest lesson that you've learned along the way since starting out in 2015 has been? Um, definitely keeping it, keeping it simple. <laughs> just, I mean, just do, don't, and I try to overthink it. Just whatever comes in. I think we, we read a book, implement what's in the book. We see a program, implement what's in the program, but you've got to decide if that's for you or not. But once the, once you, if you're going to ingest something a training whatever it is just implement and keep it simple yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make some notes of that because uh, i have a tendency <laughs> i have a tendency to overcomplicate things and i know a lot of uh, a lot of the guys listening do too but uh, you know my dad yeah. would always say he'd be like keep it simple stupid um like don't call me stupid dad <laughs> but that's what he said kiss keep it simple stupid well, so it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing. I um, mm-hmm. I was reminded, I don't know what reminded me of this, but I, I read a great book. Um, it's Vince Lombardi, What It Takes to Be Number One. And he's talking about in that book, fundamentals. Yeah. And he said that the reason the Packers win at that time, the reason the Packers win is because we execute the fundamentals better than any football team on earth. That's what he said. Better than any other football team. We execute the fundamentals. And, and that's where he beats them. You know, Stuman touched on it in G-Code and said there's, there's only... Ten numbers and seven colors, and, and humans make shit really complicated. And yeah. f- for me, doing simple things over and over and over has uh, has really paid dividends. Um, I want to shift gears a minute, if okay. we can. Um, sure. I know, uh, I know that most of us uh, in our circles like to read. So, can you mm-hmm. share a good book or two with me that you've read recently? Yeah. Um, so. 
the couple of ones that are higher on the radar recently, my all-time, I'd say my all-time favorite book would be um, Develop the Leader Within You. Uh, that book is John Maxwell. He wrote two books, actually, back-to-back, -back, Develop the Leader Within You and Develop the Leaders Around You. But in Develop the Leader Within You, it's actually kind of a workbook style deal. Okay. Uh, in that book, he introduces the five levels of leadership. That alone spawned another book called The Five Levels of Leadership. Um, but the first one is a much more of a you know, instructional workbook style. So I really, really enjoy that book a lot. Uh, recent books have been um, Your Next Five Moves by Patrick mm. Bet David. That's a great book. That is a good Rocket one, yeah. Fuel. Rocket Fuel is the first of a three-series book, but Gino Wickman's Rocket Fuel is a great book. Uh, I like those. I gave that book. Simple ideas. I, yeah. gave that, I gave that book to a buddy of mine that was struggling, and I kept okay. poking him, and I kept poking him, and I kept poking him. Uh -huh. And he finally had a breakthrough moment from that book. The the integrator yeah. and the visionary and all that. Yeah, I, I gave it to him. So it's a uh, uh, Rocket Fuel is a, a tremendous book. I, I yeah, love if, it. If there was a way in that book to be all visionary, that's who, that's who I would be. I'm literally <laughs> all. I don't think I did any of the, like, If I look at the integrator quiz, I'm like, I don't that doesn't match him. I don't at all. like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and I, I think the tendency, uh, if you read the book, and the and we so we had an entire meeting in the executive um, one time on that in January, we talked about this. It's almost like you kind of this the, the visionary is the sexy one, the one that's on, mm -hmm. you know, that people talk about, and you know, but the guy behind the scenes, man, he gets so much done. It's like people want to talk about Walt Disney, but his brother did so much for the company to make it what it is today. So uh, that's just one example of many that you can have these different companies, you know, like the visionaries there, he's the one that everybody sees, but those behind the scenes dudes really making stuff work. And that can be the catalyst. You put them, put them together and just explode. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if, if people have integrator on their resume, I'd like to talk to them and hire them because, you know, finding the right, uh, find the right yeah. integrator. I mean, look at, um, Short term, look at what good uh, that Paul has done in uh, Zach Babcock's business, and how good the integrator is going over there, and how well he's uh, helping pull all the strings. It's uh, it's really yeah. neat. It's really neat um, to see it close by. Our friend Thomas Keenan, he's um, he he matched up with Ryan Steuben in their mm. group, Break Free Academy, and that's been a catalyst to some amazing growth. Is putting you know because Thomas has a way to put those pieces in place. And it's like, okay, here's the vision. Cool. Let's make. Here's what we need behind the scenes to make it happen. He's he's the one with the dry erase board. You know, putting the X's and O's on there. Um, really, he, really cool. He's also quite formidable too. So nobody's going to argue with him. He's he's going to be able to integrate whatever he needs to integrate. <laughs> yeah, I'm an integrator around here, <laughs> like a sheriff. Now I'm scared uh, if he hears it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see him. I'll see him tomorrow. It'll be okay. <laughs> uh, recently, I um, I've seen him like the last coup to mdms but vince reed's book uh internet traffic and leads i'm reading oh. that one right now i'm almost done very very good stuff uh saw him last year's mdm conference the million dollar mastermind and then um i actually get to sit down with him uh before this most recent one so that was a cool experience so oh, he signed nice. my book my son met him yeah really cool lucky Lucky for a signature. I got. I think Thomas signed my book. I think that's that's, that's all the ones I got. But um, <laughs> man, how do you like those events? Have they? For me, masterminding absolutely changed my life. Um, uh -huh. Has it done the same for you? Do you get a lot of value out of that kind of stuff? I enjoy those kind of things because I didn't do them growing up. So um, I I took my son. You were there in February. Uh, oh, to yeah. the Apex Live one. I took my son there. I want to bring my He's, kids. I just don't dare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's eight, and uh, yeah. well, the cool thing is, my you know, my wife sees the 
so she's it, it's cool to have that on be on the same page with his growth and his mindset so we're very very strong with him on his education stuff but uh, i want to expose him to those things that it get a chance to grow up with yeah so you know i only knew about you know these guys in my mid to late 20s and you know for mason who's eight to to go and he's not really much into sports or you know music like you know pop music or anything mm-hmm. like that so when he sees these authors you know he, he read one of ryan's books he has drewby's book so when he sees these guys it's like hey this is you know like seeing stuman is like awesome to him yeah you know, he loved he loved sean whalen keith craft was who he came in really excited about seeing uh because we see him on tv but um he liked billy jean's presentation a bunch he really enjoyed vince reeds he get to meet vince um but then he steve weatherford that was at that at that event that was it was huge for him so i, I like going because it's positive information i like more of the tactical type stuff nothing yeah. against you know anything other than that but i'd like <laughs> to that i mean I'm, i'll fill a notes my, i think my notebook is i want my my phone and notebook is filled with billy jean's presentation and vince's presentation because it's tactical type stuff yeah yeah man for for the longest time i i only ever focused on the tactical and never really looked at the mindset and um for me i had a i had a bucket full of tactical and just no mindset and no self-belief so finding the mindset stuff but i think it's really interesting that um you know mason's taken so well to it your son is because when we were kids or i'm just assuming we're about the same age um but you know, the only place you could really hear Zig Ziglar was if you sent off some money and uh, a little coupon out the back of a magazine. Nobody yeah. had that stuff laying around. The, nobody True. taught sales. Nobody taught how to run businesses. I mean, we took a business studies class in high school, and, you know, that was about it. And mm-hmm. I think that our kids have the most just wonderful opportunities in front of them. The The Dude, price it's... of knowledge has never been cheaper. The, the information that we can, yeah. that we can put together. Yeah, you need an internet connection and either a crappy laptop or a cell phone. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you can watch, I mean, you can see Jim Rohn, you can see Zig Ziglar, all these guys on youtube for almost nothing yeah i like frank if it frank is in his stone in his surfer phase i like listening to frank kern i think he's got some stoner <laughs> frank kern style yeah he's got but yeah it's it's just all out there and what well yeah and it becomes so those are the guys that it, it, it if you know if mason had like a you know the, the celebrity kind of thing that those would be the guys to him like oh i could take a picture with with ryan stuman that's really cool to him hey it was cool to me the other week too i mean you know yeah (laughs) but um man i think that might be something to do with why we're seeing such a shortage in low-income jobs uh sorry a shortage in staff for low-income jobs i don't want to get too far off track but it it seems like um people have discovered how inexpensive uh, developing skill sets is while they've had all this time sitting at home and now they're making uh, now they're making making good money so i think ultimately um online education is going to be very good for the economy um Anyway, I, 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 yeah, I was talking to someone else about this, another Apex coach. Um, oh, it was Mike Claudio. We were talking about his, uh, we to just children. His sons are not much younger than Mason. Uh, we were talking about education and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. if you look at, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't set foot in a college, you know, so I, I didn't uh, go that route and have that deal. But you look at the entrepreneurial path, it's like, there's no cap there's no we don't start off with a salary whatever these people are coming out of college and they're expecting a certain amount of money Mm -hmm. well that's fine um 
but you also, you know, I don't know, the entrepreneurial spirit where you earn and you generate income because you have generated a company that now you can employ people. Yeah, but so I, I, I like we that. We need people like that. We need people with, we need people with degrees um, to, to come in and, and slide into positions. And, you know, 60 grand a year is not that much money, but there's a, a bevy of people with degrees will knock your door down and get 60 grand a year. Now, if I can hire a high quality employee that wants job security and isn't gonna, isn't gonna up and leave and wants training and wants to be part of my ecosystem, $60,000 is cheap for someone with a degree that's probably smarter than I am. You know, that's right. how I look at and, it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very much into the trade style. I think we need to push trades. Oh, I couldn't uh, agree more. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, part of that is my both, both my brothers are electricians, so I, I think there's a huge value in. And I've got um, other family who's a uh, my all, my dad and his his two brothers. All three of them were engineers. Mm -hmm. So there's a great spot in there for the design and the mechanics of the implementation of trades. And I think we 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 undercut that. I I really you know I really agree, um, and it, it would be nice if we could make trades to where they they weren't kind of frowned upon so much as everybody says oh get a degree get a degree but you know I uh, I I was raised my my great granddad and my granddad my dad were all painters and when I got out here the first thing I started doing for side money was painting houses and doing construction and that led to flipping houses and you know I got you half go. of what I know from having a, a being raised in the trades. And right. this, you know, my, my brother, he has a very successful engineering company. He started out as a welder, and then now he's got laser-cutting machines and all kinds of food-grade welding stuff, and uh -huh. he, he does great. And no no college degree, and you know I don't want to get too personal for him, but he's, he's struggling to find places to put all his money right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take on an investment. Help me with my lead program. Um, you know, what? I'm sure uh, he just bought a uh, he just bought a mechanic shop. Like literally, oh, okay. just bought it just so cool. he'd have somewhere to hang out and work on his race car. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, he's. My dad uh, did that. He, he's my dad was great. an entrepreneur. Yeah, my dad was an entrepreneur. He and his brother-in-law started a hot rod shop. But then my second, my, my brother was born, and then my other brother was born after that, and then he had to go get a real job. Hot rods are expensive, dude. Um, I've got one sitting in my driveway that is very expensive mm -hmm. and doesn't run because it's so expensive. So. <laughs> yeah. It runs about once a year for about 30 seconds, and it goes incredibly quickly, and then it goes pop. Um, That's funny. <laughs> all right. I got a couple more questions, Brian. Okay, dude, I, I sure. appreciate you hanging out with me this afternoon, man. We'll get this, uh, cool. this, we'll get this, moving, get this wrapped up pretty quick. I got just a couple more questions that I, I okay. pretty much ask everybody on here. Number one, currently where you're at, who are your biggest influences? Who are the guys that uh, show you the way and who do we need to go check out? So uh, I cannot think of any celebrity famous-ish type person. Um, they're, everybody that's I'm looking at now and learning from much of, a lot of ways now are people within our ecosystem. Uh, the, the speakers at Million Dollar Mastermind, uh, Vince Reed, so yeah. um, I'm I'm looking a lot of his stuff. He has a, a company, and we're we're doing we're we're in uh, I'm in his fold there. He does a mastermind once a week. So that probably be about him and Ryan Stewart. Would be probably about the most famous people I can mention. Um, I do have a you know a close group within a group. So there are six of us in Apex. We're all executives. We're all coaches. We call ourselves the Goon Squad. I've but, seen that. 
Yeah, but that came from uh, that just came from a conversation. But it's six people who are all very similar. Everyone's a dad. We've all um, my book is in the editing stage, nearly done. Um, two other guys are in the same spot, or or we've mm-hmm. all written a book. So to all be on that very similar platform and on the same plane, those are probably people that I would get the most influence from. Um, but once again, these are not household names. So I'm not looking to any of the celebrity types. It's more the guys who are in the trenches doing the work like you're talking about. Yeah, I love that. And most of the people listening to this aren't going to be looking at celebrities as their idols. They're going to be looking at guys like Stuman and guys like you and guys like Tom and, you know, mm-hmm. So they, they, they do look up to them. So it's, it's good to hear that you're influenced by uh, the same guys that we are. Um, one more question. So sure. what is the biggest piece of advice you can give to a kid starting out as an entrepreneur? Uh, if you're starting out as an entrepreneur, um, I think you, you, number one, you need to look at what it is that, that really drives you from a passionate standpoint from an internal standpoint there's a lot of ways to make money Mm. but not all of them are uh fun sexy things so if you can get into something and do that something that becomes a vehicle for something larger later on um but whatever drives you and you're passionate for don't start chasing other things try to stick with a within bolt on and scalability within that channel within that lane i i think it's a it also can become a habit. I've seen guys do this where it's like they're really good at something and this other thing is really cool at the time. So they jump on that thing mm-hmm. and then they either doesn't work or it fizzles out. Now they mess up their other thing. Yep. So, you know, find a, find a lane that you like to be in and use that as your vehicle and look for other scale and bolt on opportunities in there. Dude, that's phenomenal advice. If I, I need to get one of them bomb buttons like Bradley has. So whenever somebody drops something like that, I can press, uh, <laughs> press the bomb. <laughs> All right, Brian, before we wrap up, mate, do me yep. a favor and tell everybody okay. listening, um, tell them where we can find you on Instagram and Facebook and tell us when your book is due out. So let's get a deadline on that. Yes. So I just sent a, what would be my first round of edits. It's probably the longest one uh, to back to the editor. Mm-hmm. I am, I would be ecstatic with August 1st. I don't know if that's. Oh, wow. That's soon. That's I, soon. I don't know. That's, that's my head. I don't know if that's. T- <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, let's, let's get it on the wish list for Christmas or something, but no. no ooh, well, I, to me, I don't know. And uh, you know, I'm not in the book trade stuff, but after, after my last conversation, um, hopefully Catherine, Catherine Tag is her name. Great editor. Uh, hopefully you're not gonna be mad at me mad at me for that but uh that's in my head i could very well be wrong uh if not august 1st september 1st hopefully um july 11th would have been perfect date for me that's a family thing but i don't think (laughs) it's gonna happen that quick um so the but as far as finding me i made it really simple brianmckittrick.com b-r-i-a-n McKittrick is spelled Amazon Michael C K I T T R I C K dot com. From there is a bio yes. and then links to all my social media. And we will uh, get that insurance. up. We'll get that up in the yeah. podcast notes as well. What's your insurance website, man? Insurance website is insuranceoftexas.net. You can get quotes for life, health, and Medicare through the website. And I also have links for property casualty as well. Look at that. It's perfect, man. And uh wow, I, I just want to say I'm really, really, you know honored to have been able to watch you come up i feel like you're i feel like you're you're several steps ahead of me but you've come from the exact same spot and i'm just following a path that you've already cut so uh, thank you for that man and uh, thank you for hanging out with us today 
Yeah, it's been um, fun. Guys, um, that has been Brian McKittrick. Please go check him out at brianmckittrick.com. And uh, if you've got anything, any questions about insurance or any of that kind of stuff, jump on over to his website at insuranceoftexas.net. All right, that has been uh, this episode of The Small Business Surgeon. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you would be so kind as to jump on and leave us a review. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And we will see you on Friday for another episode of Friday Fire. Uh, you'll stay safe and have a great week this has been the small business surgeon podcast if you made it this far you clearly liked it so go on itunes and leave us a five-star review this helps people find the show and spread the good word share it with friends and follow us at small business surgeon on facebook and instagram thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week the small business surgeon was recorded at texas media foundry in downtown Bryan, texas check them out at txfoundry.com Oh yeah.